You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org.
My. 
just wanna sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never wanna leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. You don't owe me anything And more than anything that you can do I just want you I just want you Nothing else Nothing else Nothing else will do I just want you Nothing else Nothing else Nothing else will do I just want you Nothing else Nothing else Nothing else will do I just want you nothing else nothing else Jesus nothing else will do
garment of our courage The power to make the peace we long to know Have you noticed how divided our world is? Uh, we live in a, in a very divided country, divided politically, uh, divided socially, divided in just about every aspect. If we made an uh, honest evaluation when we look at this country called the United States of America, we might take a step back and say it's really the divided states of America. And I think a lot of people put their hope in, in uh, a person that will, will, will get them to this place of unity, uh, someone that, that lives in this, in this country. And, and that's, those are great intentions, and I think all of us should be striving for that. But what we read from Scripture is so much different than that. What we find in Scripture is that uh, uh, for us to find unity, or not even unity, but for us to get united to the right purposes, it only comes through God. And if you remember last week as we've been going through the uh, letter from Paul to the Roman church, uh, we found that, uh, that there are two realms. And in one side is the realm of Adam. And this realm is a, a, a realm that is filled with sin. It's filled with death. It's filled with uh, hopelessness and trying to justify ourselves through our own abilities. It's a very divided realm because we are separated from God. And as we, as we uh, find that to be true, we find out that, that not only do we get separated from God, but there's a lot of separation amongst people. And then there's another realm, and that's the realm of Jesus Christ. And in this realm, uh, we find forgiveness. It's a spiritual realm where we're born again into the family of God. So in that realm of Adam, we were born into sin. In the realm of Jesus, 
were born again into his righteousness. And there's a lot of benefits that come with that. There's a lot of uh, wonderful characteristics that come from that. And the greatest thing is that we're united. We become one with Christ. He lives in us and he lives through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And beloved, you may be here today and you may be, feel so uh, conflicted in your heart and in your soul. You may feel so separated. Uh, you may feel the division of this world just coming upon you. Maybe in your marriage, maybe in your family, and especially in your world. There's hope and there's good news. And the good news is that Jesus Christ came to make you right, to make you whole, to fill your life. But you can never have this until you are united to Christ. And the beautiful thing is that this being connected to the right purposes comes through the abundant grace of God. There is nothing that you can do or have done that is bigger than the, than the, than the grace of Jesus Christ. There is no sin that I have ever committed in my past or sin that I will commit in my present or sin that I can commit in my future that is greater than the blood that was shed at Calvary. That blood cleanses me from all my unrighteousness and it unites me into this wonderful lineage that I have with the family of God. And so I want to present to you from, from Paul's letter uh, just uh, how do we get united to Christ. But I want to start out by reading uh, the last part of, of chapter 5, the last part of the narrative that uh, Paul talked about last week so that we can have an understanding of where we're going from here. He said this in verse 20. He said, God's law was given so that people could see how sinful they were. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the, 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 how he prefaced, how he, how he set us up for the next thought that he had as he's writing this beautiful letter. And I want, us, I want us to see how are we united to Christ. And here's the first way. We're united to Christ through faith. Do you remember when, when Paul opened up this, this letter? Uh, the whole thesis of this letter was, I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the good news, the good news about of what Jesus has done for mankind by coming to the cross. And then he says, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. He goes on to say to the Jew, religious, or to the Greek and the Gentile, the nations. And he goes on and he says, for, from, from faith to faith, as people believe, it keeps saving people. And not only does it save us, faith unites us with Christ. We become one with him. He, he lives, I said this earlier, he lives in us, he lives through us. And the great theologian John Calvin, he put it like this. He said, our union with Christ is the highest degree of importance. For this is the design of the gospel, that Christ may become ours and that we may be 
engrafted into his body. What he's saying is that we become a part of his body. He is the head of of the church. The church are his people. And we have this unity with him. We are are one with him. and, And we are able to live out our lives in ways that we could never do without him. But Paul, as he, as he begins chapter 6, he begins to explain, because you need to know that, that as grace comes upon us, you're going to have opposition. You're going to have people opposing us. So he says in verse 1 of chapter 6, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it. And, and it's like Paul could already hear the, the, the sin police. There, there are people in churches, there are people uh, that are very religious, that they are the grace haters, and they're saying, you're abusing grace. And, and that's exactly what Paul was hearing from, from legalists that were, were coming at, at, at the teaching of, of this abundant grace that comes to Christ, the, the teaching that it's Jesus plus nothing. And so Paul... He makes this statement so that he can deal with those people that are going to be against this wonderful grace. Because God's grace is so radical that sometimes we as people, we need to help him in patrolling people's lives. Think about it. We categorize sins and we make others more unworthy than ourselves. We look down on people. In Galatians, uh, I, I love one of my favorite scriptures in the, in, the whole, uh, uh, in the whole Bible. He said this. He said, dear brothers and sisters, if, any, uh, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, the NLT puts it, but the literal is there, is you who are spiritual should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. In other words, God's abundant grace is always working to lead us to faith and keep us in the faith. Recently, just, just as we see in, in, in the past, and, and we'll see it in the present, and we'll see it in the future, but very recently there was a, a very influential Christian leader that, uh, uh, that got into some, uh, some situations that, that have really uh, hindered uh, his life. And it's made big news, and, and there's all kinds of news about, about his marriage and, and him leading in this very prestigious uh, uh, Christian uh, ministry. And what you, what you find is that, that uh, there's a lot of negativity that comes with that, but my prayer is that we as God's people will not join into the hate, but instead that we will undergird him and his family with prayer. You know, at, 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 the, at those times of failure, God, God calls us not to kick people when they're down, but to be a hand that will lift them up in the most difficult of times. That is exactly what being united to Christ does. When we're united to Christ, it, it changes the way that we look at people. It, cho- it changes the way that we address people, especially when they may have a mishap in their life. We're there to be a part of God's construction crew instead of part of the devil's Destruction crew. You know, the, the, the Holy Spirit, he doesn't, he doesn't want for us to mistake in grace for legalism. And he doesn't want us to mistake in grace for license. In other words, for us to blatantly sin 
just so that grace will abound. In fact, grace is not a license to sin, but it provides the power of God which leads us to overcome those sins in our life. And it's only through the grace of Jesus that we overcome sin. As Paul was writing to a young preacher named Titus, he said this, the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people and it teaches us, this is grace, grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. As we begin to, to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit and we align our minds and our hearts with the truth of Jesus and his resurrection, we find out that through this faith, we are united to the one that helps us overcome the sins that are trying to destroy us in our lives. But then Paul goes on and he says, we're also united to Christ through baptism. And something special happens in the water. Baptism by immersion represents this significant truth. The, the first thing we need to know is that Jesus is our example to get baptized by immersion. When he went to John the Baptist, John the Baptist said to him, I should not be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. And, and Jesus' response was, allow it for now because this is a way for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then it says that he allowed him to be baptized, that, that uh, John the Baptist baptized him. And, and what we find is, as we, as we see the, the narrative of Scripture is that, that Jesus identified with sinful man. Though he did not need to be baptized, he did that for us. He became an example for us so that we in turn could identify with the righteousness of who he is and what he brings. And so it's so important that we understand that every follower of Christ in the Bible was baptized by immersion. And so Paul writes to the church in Rome, and he, he gives them a very clear understanding about what this means. He says, you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. We too may, may, may enter into his death. And that's what that immersion means. You're in the water. And as, and as you go into the water, you go into his death. You go to the grave with Jesus. And as you raised up out of the water, you die with him, but you're also raised with him into the new life that God presents to us. You're united to this newness that God provides for all his people. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. We've baptized many, many, many people at Living Word Chapel. And we will continue to baptize many, many, many others. One of the greatest things that happened last year was for me to baptize my little, big brother. And uh, it, was, it was the greatest event because for him to come to faith and to, for him to come to Jesus... And then for him to come to Oracle and get baptized was one of the greatest things that I could ever celebrate. But we'd also love to celebrate your baptism. We'd love to celebrate your new life in Jesus. You're being united to God. It's a wonderful, wonderful way for you to, to, to declare to the world that you are saved. Baptism doesn't save you, but it shows everybody that you're saved. 
And so we're going to be celebrating baptisms in the very near future. And if you're watching and you're, you're, you're not from this, from this area and you've never been baptized, I would love for you to contact us and, and see how we can get you baptized through immersion. We will work something out so that you can do this very important step in your walk of faith and let God take over from there. The third way that we're united is we're united to Christ through the Holy Spirit. You see, our union with Christ comes with power. There's so much power when we're united to Jesus because there is resurrection power. In other words, as Jesus was raised from the dead and raised to new life, we who belong to him have this same power available to us. That's why there's nothing that can be put before us that we cannot overcome through the power of Jesus Christ. But you will never be able to have the power of Jesus without being connected to Jesus. Jesus, in in John 15, he said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Because he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And so, beloved, as, as, as you connect to the creator of the universe, as you connect to the savior of the world, as you connect to the one that changes lives and transforms us and makes us new, then the Holy Spirit comes, the third person of the Godhead. He comes into our lives. And he gives us the power to overcome. Paul put it like this. He said, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. You see, the old James Reese had to die before the new James Reese would be able to live and thrive. The old James Reese died in, in Christ and was raised with Christ so that the new James Reese would walk in the resurrection power that is available to me, but it's available to you as well. Some of you that you're, you're going through difficulty. Some of you that think you're not going to be able to overcome. The reason for that is because you're not united to Christ in faith. You're not believing that Jesus is who he says he is. Or you have not understood your baptism and, and, and what that baptism meant. That, that, that the old self died and the new self has been raised. And, and maybe you haven't tapped in to the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who gives us the unction, the ability to walk a life of victory. The life in God is a life of victory because we're united to the right entity in our life. We're united to the right person in Jesus Christ. We're united, united to the right power in the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what God has for you. And that's exactly what God has for me. Later on in, in, in this same letter, Paul writes in chapter 8, he says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit that is living within you. If you are a follower of Jesus, are you walking and living in your newness? If you're not, God wants to awaken you. 
God wants to refresh you. He wants to revive you. And he wants to, for you to live and walk out this new sanctified life. You see, you need to know that the old person is dead. The old man, the old woman is dead. And God wants for you to live your life to the fullest in Jesus. You have everything you need because you're not in the realm of Adam anymore. You're in the realm of Christ. You've been made new. You are united to him. You're united with him in the purposes that God has. You've been been empowered through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the promises of God are yours for you to walk in. So if you're a child of God, identify with that. Grasp it. Believe it. Trust him and walk in it. And if you're watching and you're not, maybe you've never, never crossed the threshold of faith. In other words, you've believed and you've trusted in everything that you can see tangibly. What you can touch, what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can see. But now Jesus Christ is calling you to take a step of faith, to put your trust in him, to allow for him to take over your life and all the chaos, all the difficulty that you're facing, he's bigger than. All the division that's in your life, maybe division in your marriage, God wants to come and he wants to unite his purposes with you. He wants to make you right so that you can make your marriage right. But that doesn't happen until you take that step across the threshold of faith. And God's inviting you. And he's inviting you. And I say this every week. It's as easy as A, B, C. See, we have to admit that our way is the wrong way. That the chaos is not normal. That the division in our life is not normal. That we're called to be united. And so we have to admit that we are sinners. We have to admit that we need a Savior. And so the B stands for believe in Jesus. Quit trusting. Quit trusting in your own abilities and put your trust in God's. Quit trusting in your own game plan for life and begin to trust God's game plan for life. There is nothing that we face that we cannot face with the instructions for life that are written in the scriptures. But you got to believe in Jesus because he's the living word. He's the word of God. And then the C stands for we need to confess. With our mouth, we make the greatest declarations or we make the greatest insults. And maybe you've lived your life insulting people. Maybe with your mouth you've hurt so many people. Maybe with your mouth you have, you have been, it's been a dagger that cuts people up. And today with your mouth, you're going to change all that. Because you're going to confess Jesus as your Lord. And you're going to choose to follow him from this day forward. And that choice and that confession is going to be the greatest thing that you will ever do. Because God is going to wrap you in his arms. God is going to meet you where you need to be met. And all the separation in your life, all the chaos, all the place that you are just out of place, God will begin his restoration process. And he'll bring you into this newfound family, into this newfound kingdom where he rules. 
because he's worthy, because he's the creator of the universe and where he will lead you with peace and truth and grace. And so I want to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer, just saying, God, I come to you today and I admit that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I am tired of living my life without you. So today I believe and I put my trust in Jesus Christ. I believe that you came and you died on a cross at Calvary. And I also believe that you were raised from the dead on the third day. And so today I confess you. Today I'm taking that, that, that big step and I'm confessing you as my Lord and my Savior. And I choose to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we are so excited. You know, we, we were just going, yay, God, and yay for what you've done. So we'd love for you to put them hallelujah praise hands up. And many people have been giving their life to Jesus Christ. And we thank God for what he's doing. Uh, and, or, or you can just put in the comments on, on, uh, on the premiere. You can just put, today I gave my life to Jesus. I said yes to Jesus is the easiest way for us to identify with him. And we at Living Word Chapel, we want to be a, a church that will come alongside. We want to encourage you. We want to strengthen you. We want to help you on your journey of faith. We know and we can testify that God has a great plan for your life because he's shown us, he's shown me that he had a great plan for my life. And he's not done. And we're not the, the only church. There's a lot of great Bible-based churches. If, if we're not the church to connect to, find a church that you can connect to and, and begin to connect and grow, serve and reach and just love the things that God has for you. God has a wonderful plan for your life. And we are so excited about the choice that you made today. So go God and go with his purposes today. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. God bless you. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.